0: Angie Coombs, The Waterfall Journey, The Waterfall Journey Workbook, Study 9, Spider Diagram, Feelings. This is the third tool that we're learning to use that will help us as we open ourselves up to the transformation by the Holy Spirit. This tool can be used to understand major occurrences in our lives and also to gain insights into our response to anything that concerns us now. The spider diagram teaches us self-awareness and also creates significant milestones in our spiritual landscape. God uses it to change our lives. Each spider diagram you do will be significant. Let's start by drawing a spider's web. Take an A4 sheet of paper and draw a circle in the middle. From that, draw three concentric circles rippling outward, broken by lines radiating from the outside of the centre circle. Let me give you an overview of what is going to happen now at each stage of the spider diagram. Firstly, in the middle, we're going to write an event as the focus. Secondly, in the next inner ring, you're going to record your feelings about the event. In the middle ring, going outwards, you're going to record what you believe about yourself as a result of the experience, and in the outer ring, you're going to record what choices and behaviours flowed from the event. The fifth stage is about spending time in reflection, allowing the Holy Spirit to have his say on what you have uncovered. We'll go through this process now, step by step, beginning each stage by learning something about the feelings, the beliefs and the choices that will illuminate what and how we fill in the spider diagram. Firstly, we put the matter that has caught our attention into the center of the spider diagram. The trigger may be an unexpected emotion, a disturbing event, an ongoing fear, the effect of a relationship, indeed anything that is occupying our thoughts negatively. It may be a small irritant or a life issue. By reflecting and recording our feelings and thinkings and choices that flow from the concern, we get an overview of the impact it is exerting on our lives. This allows the Holy Spirit to speak into what is revealed, helping us to understand the lies we've believed about ourselves, opening up the choices for us to realign ourselves with God's thinking and to be changed. Let's start by sitting with the Holy Spirit and our timeline that we drew last week. And as you hold your story before him, God will show you where his transformation will begin. Do not dig, just let the Holy Spirit bring to the surface of your mind what he wants to bring. So for example, perhaps you're in a state of anxiety about facing someone. As you look at the timeline, were there any other events that made you feel like this? Does an event jump out to you where you felt the same thing? Trust the Holy Spirit to highlight an event that is relevant and use that at the center of your diagram. Now, write something in, a concern of yours, in the middle of your spider diagram. The first outward layer is about our feelings, and before we fill anything in, we're going to explore a little about them. God created feelings to enrich our lives, but also to make us self-aware. Jesus was unashamed of his feelings, and was real when he felt even the negative feelings of loss, anger, pain and betrayal and he had the same capacity to feel as we have. We can learn from the way that he responded to his feelings. In the first task in this study, choose five events from the Gospels and consider the feelings that Jesus might have experienced. It would be good to journal them and then reflect. Now the question we all need to ask is, am I in touch with my feelings? Dealing with troublesome feelings is a life skill that is rarely taught. We learn as very young children to bury pain and negative feelings, but they still have life and remain with us even though we're not aware of them, until they begin to escape and invade our lives, often later in life. We do not choose our feelings, they are a response to our perceived experience of life and events. In our woundedness, we often react to circumstances out of the rawness of our feelings. But Jesus never did. His self-awareness allowed him to always consider his response in any given situation and to choose outcomes which were never sinful. So let's do another exercise, consider Isaiah 49 verses 1 and 16 and then think about your name, the versions that have been used by others through your life. What do you feel about each one? On a page of your journal write each name and brainstorm around it the feelings that it evokes for you, the good and the difficult. Some people find this quite hard because our name often means something to us in terms of our identity. Do you find it easy to access your feelings? Or has it been a habit to override them? When we own our feelings, we begin to see choices are possible. Just doing this may open up things for you. You might need to make your name the focal point of a spider diagram. There is a healthy way to deal with feelings. Firstly we need to own them to acknowledge that they are our feelings. Remember we don't choose our feelings as they are what they are. I need to own my own feelings and take responsibility for them. Secondly we need to feel them, not bury them or run away from them, but to turn, face them and walk into them. Then thirdly, they need to be expressed. This releases the power and energy of feelings, but it needs to be done safely and responsibly. Journaling can help. So does having a trusted friend who will hear you. The energy of anger can be dissipated by activity And when the destructive force has been safely released, the issue behind it can be addressed. For pain and loss, tears are good. Do avoid burying pain. It has life and they will come back to cause you trouble. It is down to you to express your difficult feelings in a way that does not damage others. And then fourthly, let them go. This is often a process. Involve the Holy Spirit and ask for his help, and gradually the power of feelings will leave you, and you will be free. We need to mention loss here. We all suffer loss in our life. All change involves some degree of loss. Death brings major loss, and so does moving home, changing jobs, redundancy, illness and disability. Even positive things can have loss attached to them, such as getting married or being promoted. In the 2020 pandemic, every age group suffered many levels of loss. Basically, there are four stages of response in the loss cycle, which are shock, anger, acceptance, and commitment. We go through this process. Firstly, we feel shock. We're in denial, disbelieving the event has ever happened. We look for evidence that it's not true. second stage is anger, frustration and blame. Resentment surfaces. It is a time of complexity, guilt, and what-if scenarios. The third stage is acceptance, a recognition that things will never be the same again, and a gradual exploration of what life might look like in the new circumstances. And the fourth stage is commitment, changes are in- integrated into life, and the person moves forward. Understanding the response cycle to loss and the feelings involved in this process allows us to cooperate and grieve well. How quickly we go through the process depends on the degree of importance the loss had for us and how well we own and manage our feelings. The loss of a 20 pound note may be processed in hours, but the loss of a beloved spouse will take years. It is possible to get stuck in the anger stage and become depressed because of unacknowledged or unprocessed feelings. Distractions such as litigation can also cause blockages. When someone feels the need to apportion blame, survivors or families of victims can get caught for years in the emotions of the valley whilst they await the justice that they desire in the courts. Recognizing where we are, or where others are in this lost cycle, can be an important skill in pastoral care work and family life. Owning the feelings and dealing with them, as shown in dealing with feelings in a healthy way, will help unblock the process. Let's do another exercise. Reflect on a loss you have experienced. Consider the course of the emotions that you went through. Did you grieve well by allowing yourself the time and space to go through each stage? Emotional issues can be caused by the unresolved grief of previous losses. Can you identify an area that needs work for you? Perhaps that needs to be the subject of a spider diagram. Let's just say something now about difficult feelings. Outside the waterfall, we look to our systems to provide us with those needs we were designed to have met in God. What's in our bucket? What do we falsely rely on to fill our tanks with rather than the living water? Our need is for three things that we were designed to have fulfilled by God. Firstly, love and belonging. To be fully accepted and loved absolutely in a place of security and safety, a home. Secondly, value and worth. To be recognized as being of value, respected and listened to, to be secure in our identity. And thirdly, meaning and purpose to be significant, to make a difference, to aspire and to accomplish. When we're not getting our needs met in the waterfall of God's love, we will be prey to three classes of difficult feelings that can be helpful to us in understanding our story. They are anger, anxiety and shame. Each is a continuum going from a relatively small feeling and escalating up to an explosion that threatens to overwhelm. Anger happens when we are prevented from reaching something that we believe we need. Our way is blocked to our bucket down the well. You can feel the drivenness. I must. I should. I have to. Get out of my way. Anxiety happens When we're uncertain, we're going to have our needs met. You can feel the doubt. Can I do this? I don't feel safe. I don't know how. Am I loved? I'm on my own, what shall I do? No one cares. Shame arises when we believe our needs can never be met. They're unreachable. I'm less than everybody else. I'm no good. I'll never do it. I don't deserve it. I'm unlovable. The absence of hope with any of these three classes of difficult emotions can lead to depression. Now let's resume our task. We're now going to fill in the feelings on the spider diagram. Engage again with the central issue. Immerse yourself in the situation that the Holy Spirit has highlighted, where you experience your problem. Imagine yourself back there at the event. Remember the sights and the sounds, the people and the circumstances. Ask the Holy Spirit's help to identify what was going on for you. And fill in the inner circle with the feelings that have impacted your life both those that arose at the time and any you have experienced since. Next time, we'll complete the spider diagram. In the meantime, be open to anything else the Holy Spirit brings to your mind. There may well be pieces of the jigsaw that he will bring during the week. Use your journal to record them. Just remember you're safe in the waterfall of the Father's presence and protection. And what the Holy Spirit has started, he will finish and healing will come.